Welcome to the Fusion Forest Podcast, a production of Asheville FM Podcasts. This show features discussions, conversations, and interviews on various topics of the natural world, ecology, nature, science, conservation, regenerative agriculture, and more. These discussions all originally air on the Fusion Forest radio show, a variety talk nature science music program that airs every Monday from 11 a.m. to noon East Coast time on 103.3 Asheville FM in the Asheville area and can be streamed on AshevilleFM.org, anywhere that terrestrial internet is available. In this episode, I'm joined by Quinn Metoyer of the Miami Compost Project, a community-based composting initiative in Miami, Florida. Quinn took some time to tell me about the origins of the project, how it's organized, what they do, and then also what is compost, how do they make compost, and the benefits of compost, as well as a little discussion of the soil microbial world. So enjoy this fertile, fruitful discussion on the Fusion Forest podcast on Asheville FM. I'm here with Quinn Metoyer from the Miami Compost Project. Thanks for joining me today, Quinn. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm excited to learn about what you're working on because uh, compost is a topic near and dear to my heart, and I'm always excited to see other people who are promoting this uh, valuable technique. Uh, but first off, uh, what, what, what have you been working on this week? What have you been up to recently? So recently, I've been working with a couple people in the community to transform their landscape into edible medicinal gardens. Um, originally by healing the soil and then planting in ground. Here in Florida, we have super sandy, acidic soil. So we're using practices from Korean natural farming and composting techniques to introduce that biology back into the soil and get it from that sandy soil to that nice, rich humus. That's really cool. So you're saying that you, with the techniques of composting and utilizing the living organisms in the soil, can convert what is sandy soil into less sandy soil that has more structure and holds water and things like that? Yeah, so we're basically introducing the bacteria, the fungi, the nematodes, the protozoa, which the bacteria, they form glues, which will basically take those uh, sandy materials um, and clump them together as they process them and then the fungi as they run in long strands they'll allow water and air to pass through the soil as well giving it that structure we're looking for that's very cool and so you mentioned you're working with some people in the community to help uh, with their land and, and get it uh, the soil more functional on this level. What's the scale of the Miami Compost Project? Like how, how many uh, people in the community are you working with? Or are, is this collaborating with different community gardens? Is it just one location or is it kind of distributed throughout the city? 
That's a great question. So we actually work with a couple of organizations in the Miami area. We're mainly based at a community garden called the Greenhaven Project, which is located in Overtown. And uh, Overtown has been disproportionately marginalized just due to lack of proper education, lack of proper food and things like that. So they're doing a great job in terms of educating the community about food sovereignty and um, building community in general. So that's where we do our main operations. And then we also work with a couple of other uh, nonprofit organizations who help build gardens for residents, or we uh, work with another project called Grow Next Door, which is focused on growing food in the community for the community to focus on local organic produce. Nice. And are you assisting these other organizations by uh, providing compost or, or working with uh, raw materials? Yeah, so I love working with the raw materials at different community gardens. So whether it's mulch that we get from tree trimmers or it's food scraps that we get from the local fruit market or some of the pioneer plants that the garden doesn't need. We'll put that in the compost and turn it into that, that biocomplete substrate that we can inoculate the soil with. And so, yeah, I love working with what we have already so we can reduce the amount of waste that we, that we uh, sent to the landfill. Awesome. That's a great approach to it, it sounds like. And well, let's, let's back up a little here for our listeners who are not, uh, maybe they've heard of compost, they've heard the word, or maybe they even have a compost bucket, but maybe they don't know specifically what it is, what we're trying to strive for when we talk about compost. So would you like to define compost for our listeners? Yes, I would love to. And compost is a broad term. So a lot of times it's classified or defined as any organic material that decomposes until it can't be decomposed anymore. And that's great, but getting more specific into it, we want to know what specific microorganisms are decomposing that organic material. Are they aerobic organisms? Are they anaerobic organisms? Is it predominantly bacteria? Is it mostly fungi? That determination will help when it comes to basically applying the compost to whether it's trees that are fruiting trees or if they are brassicas like your collards, mustards, kales, and things like that. So my definition is a decomposed organic material that has all the microorganisms that will benefit your plant. So it's alive. So it's alive. So they're consuming each other, they're interacting with each other. And it's what Elaine Ingham calls the uh, soil food web. So they all play their role and they're all crucial to a healthy soil um, ecosystem. I'm glad you're emphasizing the, the, the living part, the biology, because it's, yeah, I mean, I've, I've uh, 
learned some from Elaine as well, and <laughs> she really emphasizes that the whole point of compost is that it's full of living organisms. And it's funny because I, I've seen presentations by like professional soil scientists where they're talking about compost, and they're like, and we got to remember the compost, it's not just that it has organic matter or nutrients, it's actually important that it has the biology too. And it's kind of like, yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> but uh, so I think that's what's really cool is that, you know, you, you're uh, doing this from the community pragmatic, like let's actually grow food in people's neighborhoods angle. And it sounds like you're really getting to the important points. Um, and would you like to share uh, maybe some of your techniques for making compost or different ways it can be made and maybe some of the ingredients or recipes that you use? Yeah, for sure. And what I've noticed by talking to different people who make compost in different areas is that it's due to so many different factors. So here in South Florida, we have great temperatures all year round, but we have a rainy season and dry season. And so the temperature plays a factor to um, how the microorganisms respond. And so we mainly use leafy material like our pioneer plants, like leafy greens as our green base. Then we use some dried leaves and some woodier mulch chips for our browns. And then we use some fruit scraps as our high nitrogen material to kind of get things kickstarted. Nice, nice. I, you're, are you laying this up in a pile or do you have some sort of container you use for the pile? Yeah, so what I started off with were the traditional wooden pallets. Let's use what is already in abundance. So I'd go to different grocery stores, Walmarts, go to the back, ask the manager for the pallets, and I'd build uh, systems that way. And then I transitioned from that to more using the galvanized wire that you can pick up from any hardware store. And basically you make a ring of the galvanized welded wire and then layer your browns, greens, high nitrogens into there. And that allows for that 360 degree aeration. Mm. I'm also very spiritual as well. And so that circle is completion. You know, that circle is infinity. So I think that that's important um, to also consider. Yeah, I, I like how you bring that point up. And there's even a, a link in the in the physical realm of if it's round, you don't have these little corners, which can become these little like pockets or dead zones because the, you know, the air's not circulating in them. So it's uh, a... <laughs> Yeah, you know, as above, below, the, the physical and, and the metaphysical, it's, it's great. But, you know, compost, I think, can, can do that to our thinking because it is such a fascinating and it's a transformative process, really, because, right, you're, you're, you're talking about putting in a bunch of plant leaves and fruit scraps and wood chips, and by the end of the process, it is humus. It's, like, rich, biologically active topsoil. So, like, how, how does that happen? And I love how you brought that up because I consider it a, a form of alchemy, you know, taking one or a couple ingredients and turning it into something totally different. Yeah, it's very powerful how we can take the things that we normally would consider waste and turning it into something that's so beneficial for our earth. And 
the beautiful thing is that Mother Earth has been doing this for the past billion years, you know, and so we're just recreating it in our own little way. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like, you know, a fancy word you could use to talk about a compost pile is uh, it's a bioreactor, because <laughs> that's one of those <laughs> words that I think people hear, and they're like, oh my gosh, they're picturing some, you know, high-tech sci-fi thing, but like really just saying some material that has a bunch of living things in it that are transforming it or doing something active or reactive i guess if it's a bioreactor <laughs> it's very cool so <laughs> so you've got your uh, you know you're you're working with this miami compost project this organization collaborating and uh, and so it sounds like you're you know you're real deep into this but i uh, who who is composting good for like who should try composting should it just be serious farmers or is, you know who, who's this type of uh technique accessible to personally i think that everybody could compost and that's because everybody produces some type of organic waste in one way or another whether it's the fruit and vegetable scraps that you use for cooking or any of your leftovers or even your hair that you you know when you cut your hair your fingernails <laughs> down to the cardboard you get with your packages you know so um, I feel like there's a composting system and method for everybody and everybody's lifestyle. Say you don't grow plants, there's somebody around you who probably does, so they'd be more than happy to gain that compost from you. Yeah, yeah, and, and if people, yeah, I guess if they don't want to build a compost pile themselves, then they can look out for organizations like yours that I'm sure are accepting uh, food scrap donations. Yeah, and that's the cool thing because I didn't understand how many people were looking to just drop off their food scraps out of the goodness of their heart because they don't have to do it, you know. It's something that they were conscious about and once that platform was set up for them, then um, the, the community definitely took advantage, which I love to see. <laughs> yeah, it's great to hear. I think most people do want to do good things for the planet, especially if they're convenient. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, so once once you're done making the compost, what, what do you do with it? I think you alluded to this earlier, but like you have this finished compost material and, and now what? So there's a couple things that we do with it. We can apply it directly to soil. So we're inoculating that soil with the beneficial microorganisms that we quote unquote herded in that pile that we cultivated in that pile. Another way is we can make an extract, an extract via water. You can take a bubbler, some type of air pump and agitate the compost in a, uh, a compost tea bag. And with that, you are taking the microorganisms that are bound to the soil or the organic matter, and you're basically extracting them into the water so you can pour it into pots or pour it over your leaves and things like that. And as a foliar spray, I'd recommend a compost tea, which is the same idea as an extract, but you are feeding the microorganisms as it's brewing with either sugars or fungal foods. And 
that way they're they're active so when you spray it onto the plant the glues of those microorganisms will stick and uh, stay on the leaves of your plants very cool and when you brew the compost tea you say you're feeding them so does that mean that the microbes are also going to be uh, reproducing and kind of multiplying and and will you get more out of the compost tea than you would have just the extract yeah for for the extract you'd be getting anything that is in that compost and with the tea you'd be feeding those organisms so they'll have the energy to reproduce and interact with each other before for for however long you are brewing the tea for and so it sounds like if you are doing something like brewing compost tea and doing it effectively that you could say uh, be getting a lot more out of your compost pile than just using the raw compost if you only have so much and you maybe you've got a bigger field to apply to yeah and that's the beautiful thing you really don't need much in order to make a big difference because even once that compost tea is applied onto your land then if the conditions are right and hopefully they are then they'll take off and continue to reproduce and that's the beautiful thing about mother nature she is abundant in her essence so as you let her do her thing without disturbing the soil, without putting on any harsh pesticides or herbicides, then she'll just continue to create a more nutrient-rich and more diverse uh, soil for you and your plants. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, the, yeah, <laughs> leveraging the fertility of the earth, which is obviously immense since it seems to have created most of what's here. And probably ourselves too to some extent uh, and let's talk about some of the some of the children of mother earth that you've alluded to before in the soil food web you, you mentioned a few things about them but could you just briefly outline the i think you mentioned the fungi the bacteria the protozoa and the nematodes and kind of like why they're important for plant health and and you know what they're doing down there in the soil yeah so it's very fascinating how plants interact with the soil and the microorganisms that live there. So the plant will actually take in carbon through photosynthesis in the form of carbon dioxide and it will use that carbon to form sugars, um, carbohydrates to build up its leaves, build up its plant structure, and the rest of the carbon they'll actually send down as sugars, as carbohydrates, as proteins to its root system. And once it's at the root system, it will exchange those sugars and carbohydrates, which are called exudates, for certain nutrients that are stored in the bodies of the bacteria um, and, and organisms like that. And so as the bacteria colonize the roots looking for those sugars, looking for those carbons, they have that mutual symbiotic relationship where they'll exchange what they have for what the plant has. <laughs> Very cool. And, and so that's the bacteria. And then are the, the fungi doing something similar as well? Yeah, so the fungi 
they actually, so there's a couple different types of fungi. Some have a symbiotic relationship with the plant roots. So like um, mycorrhizal fungi, they will basically exchange those nutrients that they get from the soil for those exudates that the plants give them. They'll also exchange water and it's pretty cool how they'll take the root system and expand that by their hyphae um, creating more surface area to get more nutrients more water to the plant and so um, yeah nice nice yeah so the bacteria and the fungi they're like really increasing the amount of nutrients that the plants can access but you, you also mentioned the protozoa and the nematodes and you all just briefly uh, say like what is their role in the soil ecosystem and what are they doing yeah, so the protozoa and the nematodes, there's bacterial feeding nematodes, fungal feeding nematodes, and they are kind of on the upper end of the soil food web. And what they do is they'll eat the bacteria, and as they eat the bacteria, they'll naturally poop them out. And since the bacteria are close to the roots, as they eat the bacteria that are close to the roots and poop out the bacteria close to the roots, they kind of break up the nutrients to make them into a plant available form that were stored in the bacteria. And that allows the plant to have those nutrients on site. And so they basically also keep the levels in check if there aren't enough bacteria for them to eat, then you, you're not gonna get those big numbers of those nematodes and protozoa. And so um, they keep everything in check. Nice, nice, yeah, so they're, they're almost, sounds like they're kind of like the, like the sharks or the, or the wolves of the soil ecosystem. They're coming and eating this stuff, but then that, so if I'm hearing this correctly, it sounds like the plants themselves are almost, they're like farming all of these organisms through uh, releasing these, uh, these carbon products out of their roots. It's like they're farming the bacteria and the fungi to get them nutrients and they're farming the, the nematodes and the protozoa to eat them and poop them out so they can eat them. It's, yeah, I mean, whew, <laughs> the intelligence of nature is pretty incredible. Yeah, and that's the cool thing. We're, we're just scratching the surface, but the plant is definitely in control and will send out specific exudates for the specific nutrients that it needs. So it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure we could talk a lot more about some of these composting techniques, soil interactions. Uh, I, I do want to be mindful of your time here because I know you're a busy guy, but uh, let's I'll lay something out here. You're in Miami. This is... Uh, a show for Asheville FM, a Western North Carolina community radio show. So it's maybe the listeners are wondering, like, why am I talking to this guy from Miami about compost? But there is a connection because you will be presenting at the Organic Growers School Spring Conference, right? Yes, I will. And I'm very excited for that opportunity. Yeah, you can compost anywhere, too. So the same ideologies that I'm implementing in Miami can be done in Asheville. There's a couple different factors due to the difference in um, temperate regions, but the same concepts can be applied. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it may be a little different recipe, but yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's uh, 
what kind of working with nature is, uh, or I will say that is a fundamental feature of trying to work with nature. You got to be landscape specific. So that's really cool. So the Organic Growers School, that's going to be going on, what is that, March 13th to 16th, I believe. And this is going to be a, a virtual conference this year, right? Yeah, it's going to be a virtual conference. This will be the first time that I will be a part of it. And they have it annually. So if you are interested, then you can go on the Organic Growing School website and sign up for that. But just looking down the panel, there's so many different interesting and innovative people in different forms of agriculture, gardening, uh, the list goes on and on. So I'm excited to be an attendee myself, you know, so <laughs> yeah. it's going to be a good time. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's always great with events like that with, where there's such um, talent and interesting viewpoints. Um, and correction, the Organic Growers School will be online March 13th through 21st and if you sign up you'll get access to all the events for three months afterwards so you'll have time to go back through all the stuff so uh, yeah the organic growers school it's a regional nonprofit they host the spring conference every year uh, to teach people about various techniques with organic farming and working with soil and also uh, traditional skills cooking it's all over the place so yeah I'm, I'm glad I'm glad they got you to come speak there this year Quinn because it sounds like you're gonna be providing some really interesting ideas and good perspective well thank you I appreciate that and I'm excited to share what I've learned so far and uh, learn from other people as well so I feel like the best way to teach is by learning and the best way to learn is by teaching so um, I'm excited nice nice uh, and I've got a final final bonus question to put you on the spot here and this, you know, you don't have to commit to this answer forever. It might change. But as of right now, what is your favorite soil microbe? Hmm. That is a great question. Right now, I've been working with a lot of millipede castings. And so it'd be the fungi since they're very, it's very fungally dominated. And that seems to be what's lacking in our Florida soil. So for right now, that's my main co-worker <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think many people will share that sentiment all right great well yeah so sign up for the organic growers school if you want to hear quinn's whole spiel this is just an appetizer as well as all the other great speakers there and uh, and quinn how do people uh, follow your work or support your work if they're interested so right now we have our platform on instagram and you can follow us at miami compost and We'll stay up. You'll stay up to date with different classes that we put on, which we'll post on live. And anything that I'm learning, anything that I'm implementing, will be shared on there. So it's a great source of uh, inspiration and information. All right, great. Well, thanks for joining me. This has been really fun to talk to you. And uh, have a good afternoon and good luck with all your endeavors. Yes, thank you so much for the opportunity. It was a pleasure speaking with you.